When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To the NFL Mocks Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Austin. And as always, we're coming to you live from the always beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. We got a great show for you guys playing tonight. Obviously, we'll open up with talks about the OBJ trade along with the rest of the NFL free agency news. And seeing as we're about a month or so away from the NFL draft and free agency is almost over, we give you our breakdown of the AFC and the NFC North. Headed into the draft, what each team needs, where they might go in the draft, all that and more. So that's how we're going to do it here on the NFL Mocks Podcast. Two divisions at a time, one on each side till draft time. So today, again, we'll be hitting on the AFC and the NFC North. Again, give you the kind of recap of what they did, the moves they made in free agency or the lack thereof, the moves maybe the necessarily they didn't make, um, and the holes still needed to be filled headed into the NFL draft. A lot of these teams... Still got a lot of moves to make and a lot of uh, positions to fill headed into the NFL draft. But before we get into all that, we got to knock out the business. You know how it is. However and wherever you found this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review for your boy. And while I'm asking for your support, look, if you like the way I talk, I guarantee you will like the way I write. So if you want to read more about some of these articles I'm putting out on NFLmocks.com, Uh, Just simply, for you simple-minded folks out there like me, uh, you know, sometimes finding articles that I want to read or that I might find interesting are kind of hard to do. I mean, it's not all put in front of our face. So, again, if you like the way I talk, man, if you enjoy this podcast, I guarantee you'll like the way I write. So it's simple as this, right? Just search NFL Mocks and Brooks Austin. You don't have to put the and in there. Just search NFL Mocks space Brooks Austin, and it'll pop up right there. I'm not quite big enough for the, you know, simple Google name search, uh, not quite big enough for you just type in Brooks Austin yet. I'm pretty sure Blake Shelton's song, Austin, will come up at that point. Uh, it's pretty much how it's been throughout my life. You know what? We're all people who've Google searched ourselves before. And you know what? On some people's, you know, bucket list, it may be to reach Googleable search, you know, Googleable, uh, you know, on their, po- you know, their bucket list one day. But that's not necessarily me. I'm not necessarily that... Uh, you know, self-induced or self-indulged, but nonetheless, it's that simple. Search NFL Mox and Brooks Austin. All my articles will pop up. We appreciate all the love and support 
over there at NFL Mox. You guys are showing your boy. Um, so with that being said, man, I begged you enough to go check out my work. Um, so let's get into the podcast. And there's only one place to start, and that's Cleveland, Ohio. Man, look, this is a fan base in Cleveland that has gone through such painful football moments that they live on through the history with infamy by two simple phrases, right? And I'll give them to you first. The drive. What is the drive? If you don't know, it's Elway's 15-play 98-yard drive in 1986, the AFC Championship game, to send that football game into overtime. Think about it, 98 yards. The ball was on the two, okay? One of the most famous drives in all of playoff football history there, right there against none other than the Cleveland Browns in 1986. How do the Browns, of all people, follow it up? In 1987, we have the fumble, right? That's the other key phrase right there of a fan base that's just sucked suffered excuse me suffered through it as much as they possibly could the fumble just a year later in 1987 Ernest freaking biter am I right northeast Ohio can you feel the pain I know you can boys and girls but don't get me started it gets worse Owen 16 in 2017 right these are the recent uh you know shortcomings of the Cleveland Browns and then one in 32 over the two-year span there with Hugh Jackson from 2017 and 2000 uh excuse me 2016 and 2017 bottom line it's been bad there in northeast ohio and it necessarily hasn't been much better down there in cincinnati but at least the Bengals have made the playoffs uh as recently as you know the last couple of years hell the browns haven't made the playoffs since i believe 2001 so it's been awful awful riddance there as a fan and guess what cleveland ohio boom it's super bowl time obj is dog pound bound John Dorsey pulls the Houdini of all Houdini tricks. OBJ, a top three receiver in the NFL, without a question in my mind, right? In his prime, all for Jabril freaking Peppers and the 17th overall pick. And guess what? You can have my later third round pick. All that, John Dorsey pulls it off. OBJ now in brown and orange there in Cleveland. So, you know, all the pain and suffering this franchise and its fans has been through. I will allow this one, and I mean this one, glorious day for all the insane fandom arguments you want or could possibly create, right? I'm talking Super Bowl championships is the least outlandish prediction I should hear coming out of Northeast Ohio and Browns fans all alike. If you were to call in and tell me on this show right now, Brooks, move over Tom Brady, move over Bill Belichick, it's all Browns from here on out Brody you know what I'd let you have it today again today of all days Cleveland faithful you deserve it um you know again you've got you know all jokes aside I'm not necessarily on the Super Bowl bandwagon um in fact I texted a buddy of mine out there in Las Vegas today and told him to find me the highest win totals he could find of the Cleveland Browns because I might put the house on the under I'm not saying I will but I'm telling you what when the fanboys bet it up to 11 and a half 12, almost 12 wins, which is some outlandish stuff I've heard today, right? But again, Cleveland fanboys, be as outlandish as you possibly can today of all days. You've never had this chance, right? Since the Cleveland Browns left in the late 90s to become the Baltimore Ravens, and then the Ravens win a Super Bowl before you guys even make the playoffs there when they return to Cleveland. Um, All heartbreaks, right? All heartbreaks for the Cleveland Browns. So, um, you know what? If you're a fan of the Cleveland Browns, if you've lived through this, right, if you've struggled through the pains of all pains, um, again, be as outlandish as you want to be. But, again, I'm not necessarily here 
for the automatic Super Bowl bids, but if that's what you want to bring my way, I'm more than willing to listen to it. Because, again, man, we're going to get into it a little bit with the holes to fill because we're going to start with the AFC North and the Cleveland Browns. But, again, all jokes aside, the Browns right now have a window, right? A window in which their starting quarterback is on a rookie deal. That's the key. Again, we'll talk about this more as we move towards the draft. But the key is get a rookie quarterback, get a substantial rookie quarterback, right? A guy like Baker Mayfield, who we know can make all the throws and is a big-time player, get him on a rookie contract, pay everyone else, and make the run while you can, a la Russell Russell Wilson, right? Get the window, capitalize on the window again, but you better capitalize because within the next couple of years, not only are you going to have to pay Baker Mayfield, but Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract's not guaranteed forever, okay? Uh, Miles Garrett, he's going to need some money coming soon, all right? All these guys are going to end up, or excuse me, eventually have to get paid, so the window is small. It's not necessarily, not everyone is the New England Patriots, obviously, right? Or else they wouldn't be the New England Patriots, right? Perennial success over decades does not happen, but with a rookie quarterback on a good deal, a la Jared Goff, a la Russell Wilson, You can capitalize on the window if you make moves like John Dorsey has. So, enough of that. I promised you an AFC and NFC uh, North overview. So, what holes are left to be filled again uh, through the NFL draft? You know, moves were made through this free agency. Some teams win. Some teams feel like they lost. Some, Some fan bases feel like they missed out on their guys. Well, the good news is the NFL drafts, again, just less than a month away here on the NFL Mox Podcast. That's what we do. We bring you our draft coverage. So with that being said, let's get right into the AFC North, and we'll start no other than the Browns. Look, we've been nine minutes in to some Browns talk. We're going to keep going with some Browns talk. In terms of holes left to be filled, there are none. Take the draft off and enjoy the spoils of having not only your franchise quarterback, but your franchise wide receiver in OBJ and your franchise wide receiver number two in Juice, or, uh, Juice we'll call him Juice, Juice Landry, um, and your franchise defensive end in Miles Garrett. Oh, and you got your franchise cornerback last year in Denzel Ward, who we saw make the Pro Bowl. So, John Dorsey, you bubblegum chewing genius, you beautiful son of a gun, you. Congratulations. Enjoy it, Cleveland Browns fans. Take the draft off, all right? Just go on, take it off. Don't even watch it. Doesn't matter what you do. Obviously, I'm joking. There's obviously always room for improvements in the NFL. You're not great until you're great, right? And you're not substantially great unless you take no days off. Ain't that right, Bill Belichick? Shout out to Barbados. Um, Anyways, obviously, I'm joking. There's always room for improvements again. Draft an offensive tackle. That's the last missing piece, right? I said you've got four. uh, I, I think you've got four of the five key cornerstones in a franchise, right? You've got the quarterback. You got the receiver in the modern age. You've got two of them. Hell, you've even got the tight end, right? We didn't add that one into this list, but you've even got the tight end. You've got a franchise defensive end, and you've got a franchise corner. Those four positions right there are the most important in the NFL to me. The fifth that we're missing is obviously offensive tackle. So let's take a chance at an offensive tackle in this draft and then come back and get a guard um, to replace Zeitler, who you traded to the Giants for Olivier Vernon. And then if we can, in the late rounds, let's try to find a safety for John Dorsey, right? Um, But to be honest, again, the safety part of that equation is not that big of a deal, right? And here's why. 
John Dorsey loves Demarius Randall, the safety they have there in Cleveland still on the roster, which is part of the reason, if not the entire reason, why he was so willing to part with Jabril Peppers, right? The bust, the former first-round pick out of Michigan, they obviously give him up um, there to the New York Giants in uh, the OBJ trade. So that's all that. Um, and we'll close up Cleveland Browns shop there, man. We talked about Cleveland Browns football more than anybody in the national media has talked about them in the last, you know, five years, five, six years. We're talking Browns football. That's the good news. And I'll tell you right now, if I could figure out a way to rig HBO to make sure we could get a, a round two of hard knocks, I think that's pretty much the consensus around the Twitter sphere that we want round two of NFL hard knocks. We want to see Jarvis Bless him, Landry, with OBJ in that wide receiver's room. You thought that thing was juiced last year on Hard Knocks. Imagine what they would have this year um, with that kind of roster and that kind of staff. Um, and, you know, John Dorsey made the big splash with OBJ. But that's not, you know, that's we can't diminish the moves he's made on the defensive line. Um, you know, signing guys like Sheldon Richardson, trading for guys like Olivier Vernon to pair with Miles Garrett and, uh, you know, things like that. So that's enough talk about the Cleveland Browns. Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens, their AFC North foe, right? This is a game we saw at the end of the year last year, uh, into the regular season, the Cleveland Browns are playing the Baltimore Ravens for a chance to get into the playoffs again for the first time since the early 2000s. Baltimore ends up winning that game, but since then, man, the Ravens saw a handful, and I mean a handful, of their favorite players leave this offseason from the lumbering and lovable six foot five ugly man himself, Joe Flacco, to Terrell freaking Suggs, man. And I love Terrell Suggs more than any defensive lineman in the NFL, all because of his shoe game. You talking about Jays on top of Jays, Terrell Suggs, my man. Google search Terrell Suggs cleats. Um, you know, I'm a sneakerhead, and sneakerheads turn into cleat heads when it comes to football. So when I see a guy wearing, you know, a, a pair of low-top 11s and walkthroughs, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm – Viable to look at them. That's just what I am. But anyways, back to this. Suggs is not only the all-time sacks leader in Baltimore, right? But no one has ever, and I mean ever, played more football games in the purple and black than Terrell Suggs. So a huge loss, um, despite the fact that he's 35 years old and all that, right? Um, he's still a key cog in that locker room, or was, and you lose that presence all for, you know, $11 million in Arizona. What, you know, is it worth it on Terrell Suggs' end? I don't know. Was he going to get that kind of money in Baltimore? No. But is he going to be? Was he going to be able to allowed to uh, do the same kind of thing he's doing in Arizona, which is just chase sack records? Absolutely. Was it worth a couple extra million dollars to Terrell Suggs to go play in Arizona and lose a bunch of football games? That's his own prerogative. Look, that's not me or for me to determine or you know make judgment upon. Go get your bread, bro. Go get your money. That's the way we work here on the NFL Mox Podcast, um, especially me as your host, Brooks Austin. But nonetheless, um, you know, you lose Terrell Suggs and the loss of Eric Weddle, you know, it's big, but it's more than filled uh, in there by the signing of Earl Thomas, right? A ball-hawking safety, an automatic future Hall of Famer. I know he's only 30 years old, but uh, just go take a look at the numbers, guys. Earl Thomas has been a top-two safety since the man stepped foot into the league. Um, And, you know, again, only 30 years old, coming off of a broken bone um, in his leg. But, again, it's a broken bone. It's not necessarily a ligament damage or anything crazy like that, though he has had some issues and some history of that in the past. But um, Earl Thomas, a huge fill-in there for Eric Weddle. Not only a fill-in, you know, an overall better player. Eric Weddle, 34 years old at this point. Um, I'm not huge 
on his game. I think he's good. Like we, we talked about with uh, Justin Reed on our last podcast. I think Eric Weddle for $10.5 million over two years with a maximum of 12 and a half is a great signing for the Los Angeles Rams, who are one piece away in, uh, you know, their secondary core there for, you know, another run at the Super Bowl. The Ravens are a little bit further than that, right? They need a little younger and a little more impactful uh, player there at the safety position, and they get it with Earl Thomas, okay? On the other end, on the offensive end, calling Mark Ingram an upgrade at the running back position is absolutely more than an understatement. This is a guy who, you know, since his Heisman Trophy campaign there at Alabama has amidst over 6,500 yards in the league and over 50 touchdowns and can do, you know, some work out of the backfield. Look, Baltimore is not going to run a whole bunch of design screens for their tailbacks. That's not what they do in Baltimore. They never have. Look, they're a run downhill first offense. Look, Gus Edwards led the league in least amount of time behind the line of scrimmage last year. What does that mean? They're a one-cut offense. You grab the ball, you run it down their throat, Lamar Jackson pulls and keeps it out the back, right? That's the goal. That's the premise of the entire offense. So with that being said, Mark Ingram, a tremendous upgrade uh, over Gus Edwards. So the obvious issue on the roster, with all that being said, has to be the wide receiver position, right? Lamar Jackson needs as much help in the passing game as possible at this point in his career. Not a a developed thrower, but that does not mean he can't win games, right? We saw him win six games in a row last year to close out the season, or excuse me, maybe go, I think it was five of six. But nonetheless, a very winnable uh, concept there at the quarterback position. But that's not to say with the San Diego ending their season last year, that the book might not be out on Lamar Jackson, okay? So sophomore slumps are a huge thing for second-year quarterbacks, right? Everyone gets the book on you. They get a read on how to defend you. Not only do they have film on you, but a lot of these teams, especially in the AFC North, guys you're going to see twice a year, have already gotten a look at you, right? That's important for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson spreads the edge and is a lot quicker in real life than he might portray on films. Therefore, we saw it with the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, right? They got two looks at them in three weeks. Uh, the second time, they absolutely dominated. Dropped a whole bunch of safeties onto the field, uh, overcome or overcame the Baltimore Ravens with pure speed there on the defensive end. We'll see if there is a sophomore slump. But nonetheless, again, Lamar Jackson, not necessarily a developed thrower at this point in his career. So look for them to go wide receiver early in this draft and then take a shot at an edge rusher to replace the loss of not only Terrell Suggs, uh, you know, the key cog in that locker room, but also Zadarius Smith, right? He gets signed by the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk a little bit about that more later. Um, but, you know, a 25-year-old defensive end who despite, uh, you know, the production levels or whatever you may think or, or whether or not you've heard his name before, uh, worth big money this offseason, got it. And as a 25-year-old edge rusher, again, um, Things that just don't grow on trees, right? These things, again, you lose your all-time sack leader, uh, all-time most games played guy in Terrell Suggs. Uh, so he's holding that position group down, period. And then you lose Zadarius Smith, um, the next coming, or what you thought was the next coming of Terrell Suggs. So, again, look for them to go wide receiver early, uh, pick up some edge, rush, uh, edge rusher depth uh, there later. Or flip-flop, you know, whichever the value uh, they find there at that position uh, when they're readily available to draft, I believe they're in the 20s. Um, but nonetheless, that is the game plan there for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's keep going in the AFC North. We've got two teams down, two teams left to go. Let's get into the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. What an offseason for the Steelers fan faithful. You not only lose the best receiver in franchise history. Um, okay, look, 
we're going to stop right now because I bet some old heads are looking at me or thinking about looking at me and saying, yo, what about Heinz Ward and Lynn Swan? Look, I personally loved Heinz Ward, and I'm not here to dump on Lynn Swan's game because I know he was the fastest player in the NFL when he was available. But, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never, and I repeat, never seen anything like Antonio Brown uh, in the history of their franchise. And I don't even – you can try to fight me here. I don't think it's close, all right? A- Antonio Brown is hands down the best receiver the Pittsburgh Steelers have ever drafted, ever received, ever had play for them, and he came out of the sixth round. So, okay, not only do you lose Antonio Brown for just a third and a fifth there are Pittsburgh Steelers faithful, but let's make it a little bit worse. Let's pour some lemon juice in that open wound. You lose Le'Veon Bell, right? And, and he set out all year last year, and we knew it was kind of coming. But to be honest, it still hurts, right? And also, to be honest, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan at this point, the only thing you've got left to hold on to is Big Ben, right? He's the franchise quarterback, 37 years old. But nonetheless, as long as Big Ben is still in Phil- or is still in Pittsburgh doing weekly radio hits, talking critically about his teammates, uh, you know, things they should have done right or, you know, routes they should have ran correctly or, or things they did wrong in the football game, as long as that's still happening, everything's going to feel right at home in Pittsburgh, right? That's what's been going on for the last, you know, half decade to a decade. So as long as that's still going uh, for the next, you know, foreseeable future, everything will feel right at home, you know, at least for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've been, you know, you know, if you date back all, all the way back to all of my work there, all the way back to let me say something, um, you'll know that I'm, I'm here for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then again, I also am conscious of the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the classic team that uh, play down and up to their competition, right? They're going to win the games you don't think they should, and they're definitely going to lose the games you think they should win. So that doesn't change now that Antonio Brown's gone. Those things are all still the same. As for the draft, um, you know, something is still the same here. They always seem to take a wide receiver, even when it actually seems that they don't really need one on their roster. But for the first time in forever, they actually need a wide receiver. Um, but I think, personally, the move at 20 has to be a cornerback, okay? Um, if they don't take a corner at 20, expect to see a tight end taken here with the loss of Jesse James to Detroit. I know Jesse James is no game changer, right? But, um, you know, they have Vance McDonald still on the roster, and the Pittsburgh Steelers traditionally run a two tight end set. This is an extremely deep class at the wide receiver position. So, you know, a second, third round stab at a wide receiver is traditionally their MO. Um, so we'll probably see them do something similar here, right, with Antonio Brown leaving. They need, um, you know, James Washington's coming back. They still have Switzer on the roster, but that's not to say they're not going to go try to get a Nikhil Harry or, you know, um, Buddy with the two names out of Stanford, right, the big boy, or Kelvin Harmon out of NC State. They need a big-bodied receiver, I believe, um, you know, to help uh, Juju stay in the slot. I think that's where he's most productive. If you can get an outside deep threat receiver, um, I think you'll be fine, okay? Um, Let's move on to the last team in the AFC North, and I saved them for last because, well, they'll probably and most likely end up last here in the AFC North, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, some owners in the NFL are constantly striving to win, right? The, uh, the Rob Crafts of the world, um, buddy out there in Los Angeles, okay? I'm not going to – I don't know all the owners in the world. You probably don't either. But the bottom line, most or some NFL owners are constantly striving to win, right? I think Arthur Blank goes out there and tries to win every season despite his, um, you know, shortcomings every once in a while. Um, but nonetheless, they do everything it seems to be successful in the wins and loss columns. And then there's the owners – 
that are just, you know, trying to remain profitable, right? Just trying to make a quick buck. Uh, these are their toys, right? They're billionaires. They're out there with just, you know, this is, when you're, you know, a multimillionaire, you got sports cars, right? You got Lamborghinis, you got your Ferraris, you got all that kind of stuff. Well, when you go from millions to billions, sports cars just kind of bore you. So you go get a, a professional franchise, and that becomes your sports car. That becomes your Ferrari. Well, in this case, as long as your Ferrari becomes profitable at the end of the season, it doesn't really matter. We had fun, right? We had fun playing the game of owner here in the NFL. So there's those owners. Again, there's the owners that are trying to win every single season. They're doing everything they can, eating cap, making moves, giving, uh, you know, um, own, or coaches the, the power and the moves to go out and do what they got to do to get wins. And then, again, there's owners that are just trying to remain profitable. The Brown family in Cincinnati, to me, has never, and I mean never, shown a desire to make the big splash in free agency, which means you better hit on draft picks, which to avoid, and I'll try to avoid this, bashing and completely bashing on Cincinnati Bengals fans, I will say they've done a fairly average job at the selection process. But it's 100% hit or miss in Cincy, it seems to me. Okay, look, you hit on A.J. Green, you miss on John Ross. You hit on Andy Dalton. Say what you want about Andy Dalton, but any 10-year career out of a starting quarterback that you drafted in the second round is a hit, in my opinion, okay? Look, never set the world on fire, but he's a solid NFL starter, okay? And then you miss on that guy, Cedric Ogabuaya, all right? The tackle you took in the first round in 2014, okay? These hits and misses, you can't happen in the first and second round, all right? So here's to hoping the Bengals hit on an offensive tackle, which they absolutely need, and, uh, well, you know, just kind of continue for the tanking of Trevor Lawrence, I guess, in 2021. I spoke to my boy Justin, uh, the lone Cincinnati Bengals fan. I know there's not too many of you guys out there, um, but, you know, that's kind of the census I got from him. It's not, not a lot of hope there in Cincinnati because, again, you're not going to make ever make a ton of splashes in free agency, and it's hit or miss in the draft. Look, you, you missed on – I wouldn't necessarily say you missed on Billy Price last year out of Ohio State – because he was hurt most of the year, and when he was healthy, he looked okay to decent. But that's not what we want in the first-round picks, right? We're not looking for okay to decent at the 21 overall selection last year in Billy Price. We're looking for dominant, showstopper, all-pro, pro bowler. That's what we need in the first round, um, you know, if we're going to be successful, especially in Cincinnati. Again, an NFL franchise that's not prone to throwing money at NFL free agents. So, with that being said, we wrap up. The AFC North, um, give you a quick little pick. Um, you know, it's too early for picks, too early for picks. I didn't write them down. I didn't tease them. I didn't do enough research. Too early for picks. So we're not even going to give them to you, but we teased them. All right, let's move on to the NFC North as promised. Let's start with the reigning champs. And how's that sound, Chicago Bears, right? Let's start with you guys. Look, the Bears are among a handful of teams in that same, same boat as Cincinnati, right? That's fans were wondering all along, you know, are they going to do anything during this free agency process? Especially, again, when they've got that golden ticket, right? That franchise quarterback on a rookie contract. Look, you can debate all you want whether or not Mitchell Trubisky is truly a franchise quarterback. And we can get into that later. But as for now, let's just assume he's good enough to win. Because even if he's not, right? Even if he's not the franchise guy, the Bears have to treat him as such and make moves as such for at least the remainder of his rookie contract, right? I mean, that's just the obvious facts of it. You made the move to go up and trade for him, so you better hope and deal, uh, you, know, you know, better hope and make moves as if uh, he is the guy 
you made uh, those moves for. I know that was real choppy and all that, but nonetheless. So, again, the quarterback on the rookie deal, they have no first-round pick or even a second-round pick to speak of in 2019 due to the trading up for that quarterback. So, one would think they would have been prompted to spend some cash in free agency, right? You only got four available draft picks in this draft. You think they would have dumped some money there in free agency, especially, again, with a quarterback on a rookie contract, a guy you don't have to pay money to. But they let Adrian Amos, their safety walk. They let Josh Bellamy walk. And as of today, their only big money acquisition was cornerback Buster Scrine. Um, and y'all feel free to go ahead and Google search my mans because I don't know much about Buster Scrine or Buster Scrine. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, I think they've done a good job of surrounding Mitchell Trubisky with talent, uh, especially on the offensive end, right, so far. I think they've got some weapons. And defensively, even with the loss of Adrian Amos, I think you've really, really got a solid roster, right? You traded for Khalil Mack. He's turned out to be more than worth the value you gave up for him and the capital you gave up for him. And he's definitely proving to be worth his salary. So that position is solved. You've got Hakeem Nix in the middle, okay? You did well, really well in the draft last year with Roquan Smith. You hit on uh, James Daniel, in my opinion, the former center out of Iowa who you've got now playing guard in Chicago. Okay, so there's a, only a couple positions left to really fill um, on this Chicago Bears roster. And, again, it all really depends on how far their quarterback can carry him, all right? It's all on Mitchell Trubisky's shoulders at this point. But, nonetheless, I think, um, you know, with the four picks they've got in this draft, they need to hit on four positions. Or, you know, four, yeah, four positions. Outside linebacker, strong safety, cornerback, and maybe add an additional tackle, right? Tackle depth's never going to hurt you, uh, especially when we're talking about a rookie quarterback, all right? So let's go over to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field with the Green Bay Packers. Again, for years, this is another one of those rosters and another one of those uh, franchises. For years, the storyline about the Packers organization is that they don't like to pay guys in free agency. They'd rather develop from the draft and from within. Well, you know what? They said new coach to hell with that strategy. Preston Smith. You get $52 million. Zadarius Smith, how about $66 million for you? Adrian Amos, come on down for a smooth $36 million. And Billy Turner, guess what? The big guys, the old linemen get love too. Here's your Chris $28 million. Talk about breaking the decades-old mold in Green Bay. Again, this is never a team that spends in free agency. In fact, the biggest known name to date I can imagine and bring to name or bring to mind right now in terms of the Green Bay Packers signing in free agency is Jimmy Graham and that guy's been an utter flop um, and to say flop is very very generous there in Green Bay so again breaking the mold in a decades old mold even back dating back to Brett Favre's years they never ever went out and spent any type of money let alone 52 66 36, 28 million dollars on four guys spread across. Look, and these aren't huge names, but these are solid football players. Preston Smith, more than solid. Zadarius Smith, we talked about him, 25-year-old defensive end, right? Adrian Amos, a all-around safety, right? We hear a lot this this term. It's been a absolute just lightning term lately is this box safety stuff. That's not Adrian Amos, right? He can play all over the field. And Billy Turner, solid offensive lineman. You give him four years, $28 million, he's going to perform there in Green Bay, right? Help out an already pretty solid offensive line in Green Bay. So, 
I still think they need a playmaker at the linebacker position. And we have constantly, dating back to last year, talked about all the issues they have at wide receiver and offensively in the talent department. So I'm going to tell you right now, Blake Cashman from Minnesota, he just looks like a Minnesota or a Green Bay Packer. And I know he's up there in the north, and I know it may just be the white guy, and I can just see him already in the green Packers green and gold. But, God, he just – I, I'm sorry, man. I watched the film. He just looks to me like a Green Bay Packers linebacker. And sue me. He's not a first-round pick. He's not even a second-round pick. Um, but you can get him there in the third. So take a linebacker late, right? It's a very, very thin linebacking core. Um, but, no, uh, you know, Devin White's not going to be there at 12. It's too high for Devin Bush at 12, in my opinion. So hope and pray Noah Fant falls to you at number 12. Take the weapon of all weapons in this NFL draft. Pair him with Aaron Rodgers and roll. And look, if he's not there, maybe DK. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not huge on DK Metcalf. If it was my team, I wouldn't want DK Metcalf drafting. But that's not to say I couldn't be totally wrong on the guy, right? DK Metcalf somehow there at 12. You need receiver help, right? Um, we talked about it. it last year. Was, is Randall Cobb going to be healthy? You got Devontae Adams, but, you know, he's, you know, a decent one probably would be a dominant number two, right? Or a one and or a one A and have a one B right now. They only have him at the one uh, number one wide receiver. And it's not necessarily the greatest option in my opinion. And I, I'm big on Devontae Adams. I am. But again, he's no Antonio Brown. He's no OBJ. He's no Julio Jones. So with that being said, let's move on to the team that Aaron Rodgers constantly just beats down with a sledgehammer, and that's the Detroit Lions. My favorite, and I mean my favorite NFL pastime, is a Bill Belichick protege doing what former and all former Patriots assistants do, and that's go sign the guys Bill doesn't want, or worse, doesn't necessarily value anymore. But that never stops, and I mean never stops, the Mike Vrabels of the world from giving Malcolm Butler $11 million, despite Bill Belichick telling you he's washed up, bro. He's 25 years old, but he's washed up. We're sitting him the entire Super Bowl run. Enjoy that. Have that in Tennessee. Enjoy watching him getting roasted and toasted on double moves the rest of that contract length, right? Um, you know, but that's, that's not to say that the Lions didn't hit on Trey Flowers. I, I watched a lot of Trey Flowers' film. Um, this is a guy who's going to play all over the field. And, you know, maybe he's not going to light up the sacks department, but he's going to allow other people to light up the sacks department, okay? He's going to get pressure from the inside. He's going to get pressure on the outside. He can literally rush the passer from any position on the defensive line, and that's never been more valuable in the NFL than right now. So maybe he's worth the $17 million a year they're going to give him. And maybe Danny Amendola, the other former Patriot, continues to catch the always crucial stop route on third and three, okay? I'm not here to be a hater and a doubter, but the past and the previous history of signing these former Patriots to a former Patriots assistant coach, um, you know, now on his new team, it, it screams a couple things to me, right? Um, you know, familiarity is a huge thing in football. Not only do, see, do we see it on the macro level, um, or excuse me, the micro level with these players um, signing guys that they're comfortable with and signing guys that they know, but on the macro level, look at the coaching staffs of all these teams, man. It's all, I coached with this dude. He's my buddy. I coached with him back 20 years ago. I coached with this guy back five years ago. I really enjoyed him. Uh, we got along well. He's my buddy. He's my brother. He's 
it's so-and-so. We coached long ago, all right? If you play football long enough or if you even follow the game long enough, you'll notice that all these coaching staffs, man, it's inwards. It's all familiarity. It's all guys I know. Um, and, again, that has a lot to do with not only familiarity but forming a culture, right? These former Patriots assistants, they're trying to emulate what Bill Belichick's doing. That's, you know, not necessarily the greatest strategy in the world because, like we talked about, you can walk into Toyota, you can try to figure out what they're doing, but when you leave the place, it doesn't mean you've got all the, all the you know, the cheat sheets and the codes and the cultural uh, makeup that makes uh, the Toyotas successful, that makes the uh, New England Patriots year-end and perennial powerhouses, okay? Just because you think you understand doesn't mean you've got all the secrets in the world. Um, but back to the Detroit Lions, I know that was a bit of a spill, um, you know, I don't think necessarily these guys that they've signed, um, you know, even though they, they signed guys in their rather large problem areas, I don't think they necessarily solve all the problems. For example, do you think Trey Flowers completely solves their edge-rushing problems? Because I don't. Is Jesse James enough at tight end to make you feel comfortable? No, I'm not very comfortable. Is the corner Darius Slay? Yeah, he's nice, but he can't cover everybody on the field. Oh, and they haven't had a – this is my favorite. Deck, I'm stat of the day – Play the freaking music produ uh, producer, even though we don't have one. Imagine the stat of the day music playing right now in the background. Here it is, folks. They haven't had a Pro Bowl linebacker since Stephen Boyd in 2000. I don't know who the hell Stephen Boyd is, but I'm going to tell you what right now. That ain't good. 19 seasons, 19 NFL seasons. You've got two, at least two, sometimes three linebackers on the field at all times. You haven't sent one to the Pro Bowl. Not the all-pro list, the God-forsaken Pro Bowl. You haven't sent one linebacker to the Pro Bowl since 2000. Do you think that's a glaring and gaping issue? Probably. So does Devin White, again, make sense at eight? Probably. He makes a lot of sense there. But you never know with a Bill Belichickian uh, protege. It's, it's, it's never, uh, you know, a lock and go right there. So let's move on to our last but, you know, not at all least Minnesota Vikings Whew. and Minnesota Vikings man my Vikes it was a close one it was an absolutely close one you almost lost Anthony Barr to the Jets the J-E-T-S Jets 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 but luckily they're the Jets man I mean no one wants to really go play the Jets are the Mets okay the Jets are the Mets um, the Giants or the Yankees, all right? If you guys don't understand the New York dynamic up there, that's exactly what it is, okay? They all kind of just, you know, I would assume Giants fans are probably Knicks fans, right? It probably, I would assume it goes Knicks, uh, Giants, Yankees, and on the flip end, the stepchildren, if you will, it goes Jets, Mets, and Nets, I would assume, right? That's the only reason they'd make all those idiots, uh, idiotic names rhyme. Jets, Mets, and Nets, all the damn stepchildren up there, okay, but you know you don't lose Anthony Mar to the or Anthony Barr to the Jets. He comes back and signs with the Minnesota Vikings. So you keep your homegrown linebacker. But this is a football team that was on the doorsteps of the Super Bowl just two years ago with Case Keenum at the helm at quarterback. So how do they get back? Well, anyone with a brain or at least a calculator could tell you that giving Kirk Cousins eighty-four million dollars over the next three years only guarantees and intensifies the importance of hitting on draft picks. So, that being said, drafting Mike Hughes, 30th overall, the cornerback out of UCF last year who only made two starts and played in just six games, uh, 
probably put you behind the eight ball already, right? If you would have got a dynamic uh, impact, maybe offensive lineman there at the 30th overall pick uh, last year, maybe you don't go seven and nine and miss the playoffs. Um, but spending a first-round pick on a guy you're only going to make two starts uh, in his rookie season at the cornerback position is not great, especially when they were relatively locked up at the cornerback position last year. Um, so it did, I just don't understand the pick last year. I mean, I know Mike Zimmerman's an all-defensive guy, um, but it's just not great, right? Um, I think it's imperative, obviously, that they get O-line help, okay? Cousins was under constant pressure last season. If you flip the tape on, it's just – open alleyways straight to his chest. He's throwing balls uh, heavily uh, under heavy pressure. Um, You know, a lot of people were down on Kirk Cousins last year. I thought when you watched the tape, when you really evaluated what he was doing, especially early in the season prior to him getting really, really gun shy, I thought he was standing in there, man, looking down the barrel of the gun, as the coaches say, and, uh, you know, firing those shots, man, not being scared, not being timid. Towards the end of the season, you know, when you get hit 85 times, um, you get hit, hit 100 times, it, it doesn't feel good, guys. It, it's just natural human tendency to kind of maybe shy away from those kind of things. Again, so I think it's imperative, really, really imperative they get offensive line help. So draft one of the tackles still remaining at 18, whether it's Andre Dillard out of Washington State, who I'm huge on, or if Jonah Williams is still on the board. Hell, he can flip over to right tackle right now. And you even need help at right guard there in Minnesota. So if you don't think he can make the cut, there at tackle, bump him into guard. He automatically makes you better at that position. Andre Dillard is a hands-down pass-protecting tackle right now. Start him, play him 16 games, doesn't matter. The only thing keeping him off the field and being productive, in my opinion, is the injury list. So if you keep him healthy, he's going to dominate, uh, at least in pass protection. The run game, not so much, okay? Um, so they need offensive line help. Um, I think they need running back help as well because, look, you got Dalvin Cook. He's had his injury issues. Um, we know that uh, there's no depth behind him, say Latavius Murray, but Latavius Murray is what Latavius Murray is. If he even still is on that roster, he's that much of a in, in some out some kind of guy. Like um, I, I'm, I'm not hugely dependent upon that young man at the tailback position. So again, solve the depth at offensive line, go get a playmaker and a, a game changer at the offensive line position. Um, and then, you know, solve some depth there at the tailback position. I would assume do that late in the draft, uh, you know, maybe in the middle rounds right there, take a shot at a defensive lineman to help uh, solve the issue of losing Sheldon Richardson this offseason to free agency. Um, but to me, man, it all starts and ends with Kirk Cousins. If you can keep that guy upright, if you can keep that guy uh, protected, I think he might be able to win some games for you. I know that doesn't sound uh, very um, enthusiastic uh, for you Vikings fans, but nonetheless, I think that is what it is. I don't, you know, that's that's kind of what we got for you guys today on the NFL Mox podcast. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, not necessarily spoil anything. I don't want to, you know, tease something that might not be true. But here, here's what I'll give you a little hint. I may or may not have a very, very big and profitable name from Bleacher Report coming to join us here on the NFL Mox podcast as early as Monday evening. So stay tuned to that. Uh, again, like, rate, subscribe, and review to the NFL Mox podcast, however you found it. Um, and if you don't mind, man, go to NFLMox.com and check out all my latest writings or help. For, for that matter, any of the writings on NFLMox.com, I guarantee you you'll like the articles and the pieces put up there on NFL Mox. 
brought to you by Fansided. That is our podcast for today. We will see you guys this coming up week. We hope you have a great weekend. Um, and again, follow us on Twitter at NFL Mocks and follow me on Twitter at Brooks underscore Austin FS. That's FS for Fansided. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.